0: Good to see everybody. Couple quick, quick, quick announcements and I think we're going to do the we got some prizes for the ugly sweater. So we'll, uh, we'll see that. Um, this coming Friday is our food. In fact, the last one of this year. So this coming Friday, food ministry set up at 1:30 if any of you are available to come and help out the setup in the fellowship hall at 1 and then really our last time to serve for this year and what a great year of serving the people in our community twice a month on the first and on the second fourth Saturday of the month so if you want to come on Saturday come about eight thirty. we start serving at nine o'clock and we always need help setting up in the mornings distributing food helping people to their cars so that'll be uh, this coming Saturday and then um we will be having Christmas Eve service at 10 o'clock on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve at 10 o'clock. But on Christmas Eve, bring your family, invite somebody. We'll have uh, our friend from uh, Jonathan Martinez from Be the Light Creatives. He'll be doing a hot coffee, a hot cocoa bar. He'll have acai bowls. And then we'll have a, a, his photo booth out there. You can take pictures with your family. So that'll be this next. Can you believe Christmas Eve? Is just a week, uh, week or so away. My son, you know, when we asked, um, what do you want for Christmas? He says, I don't think I, I need anything. Oh, great. Like, how many of you heard that before? And how many of you, you know, you don't just don't get them anything, right? Because you, you don't want them to be like, you didn't get me anything? I was just kidding. All right. So, um, all right, so Michelle's going to come up and you're going to hand out prizes for the ugliest Christmas sweaters.
1: We have the prizes this year are, since sweaters are cozy, hot cocoa, cozy, fun stuff in a mug. And uh, there's one uh, big fun elf puzzle. But uh, Josh is my helper. And we're waiting for one more person to come in. But for number one, best ugly sweater, who does that go to? Frank. Come on down, Frank. That would be you, Police Navidad. Frank, you get the award for best ugly sweater. Number
0: one
1: and number one, you are. You can go over and pick out a mug. Number two, who has the best animal sweater? Genesis, Genesis, come on down, Genesis. (laughs) Genesis, you look awesome. Great job. Show everybody your outfit. You're the best looking reindeer ever. So Genesis, you're gonna get an award for the best animal sweater. And you can pick out a mug or a puzzle. And then number three, most decorated sweater. Who does that go to, Josh? Danny. Danny. Daughter and dad. Oh, there's the dad reindeer. Woo! Uh, And then pick out your prize, (laughs) the Grinch. Number four, the best handmade sweater. And who does that go to, Josh? Joshua. Joshua. So I'll give you number four, and go pick your prize, Josh. And then number five next year, for sure, goes to who? Valley. Valley. Come on down, Valley. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Two years ago, Valley gave me, pick your prize, Valley. Two years ago, Valley gave me her light-up Christmas jacket. So... Next year, she might be wearing her light up Christmas jacket again. So, these are our winners of this year's ugly sweater. Thank you all for participating. Okay.
0: Great job. Oop. <laughs> Hopefully the camera's not on. All right. Great job, everybody. So um, you, usually Michelle and I, through December, will pick a night to go see Christmas lights. And so we went down to Fashion Island. And so when she came to come out of the house, she had on a white jacket and her pink boots. And she looked, I looked at her boots. She says, you don't like my boots? I said, I like your boots. Uh, and so everybody complimented those boots when we were walking around. They're like, nice boots, thank you. It's like, thank you and they were mentioning her boots. So. And I do have a, it is a Christmas Hawaiian shirt because there's reindeer on here. So just so everybody's aware. All right. Okay, so our uh, verse for our tithes and offerings today is uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And if there are any youth here, you're dismissed to class You can go out with Eric there. Any youth that are here, you're dismissed to class. All right, 2 Corinthians 5.17, let's say this together. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. So as we do each and every week, I want to put a prayer up on the screen. I was talking with somebody this week at church, and they they had mentioned, um, I had said something about so out of a out of the message and the service and the worship, what what do you what did you feel like the Lord was telling you? And they brought up the prayer that we had done the week before. That there was something in the prayer of surrendering my desires and fulfilling his desires. So when you pray this, pray this out of your heart to your Father God. Let's pray this together. As I give in today's offering this new life i was given through christ jesus christ is one of obeying and serving him father thank you for making me a new person in you in jesus name we pray amen if you're giving today in service there is an envelope in the seat back pocket you can place that in the offering slot that's on the wall as you exit You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online. You can also download today's message notes. Keep up with uh, our events and services that are upcoming uh, as well. Well, if you have your Bibles, open with me to Galatians chapter 4 and then um, to Luke chapter 2. And I'm going to read these together. Uh, Galatians chapter 4. I'm going to look at verse 4 through 7 and then Luke chapter 2. 1 through 7. So I want to read, read both of these uh, together. Galatians 4. Let me read verses 4 through 7. And remember when we read this, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church of Galatia that is talking about the birth of, of Jesus Christ. But here's what he writes. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son born of a woman, born under the law. Let me read verse 4 again. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. And it says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Crenurus was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. and So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. father we pray uh, today that even as we celebrate december as the month of christmas the month that we celebrate that jesus would is born was born that we would today prepare our hearts that we would always make room it's not about trees and lights it's about jesus and we make room in our lives we submit and surrender To you, in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said. You know, there's a few things that I love about Christmas season. I love Christmas lights. I know many of you do too. I love uh, eggnog. I know a lot of people don't like eggnog. I like fruitcake. Does anybody like fruitcake? I like fruitcake. I like, it's like the one time a year that somebody will give us these candies. And I always get on everybody that you need to, if you're going to eat a candy out, then you need to throw away the wrapper, right? Don't just leave all the wrappers. Uh, in there Uh, i love christmas songs i love finally tearing down christmas after the the whole time Uh, but what's interesting and you can look this up later if you look up places where babies were born that are kind of odd the top ones are always like an airplane mcdonald's or a bridge it's like all these top ones of babies that were born for some reason so i guess if you're pregnant and you're close to delivery time, go to McDonald's. Some, somehow, some way, that works out. Or go on an airline flight, which you probably wouldn't want to do, or go on a bridge. But what we're going to notice today is a place where Jesus was born that nobody else was probably born that way. And we're going to look at a different contrast of how we would have expected that he was born. A couple verses before we get back into Galatians. John... Chapter 1, verse 14, and and John writes it this way from the Holy Spirit. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, that's what we've been looking about the um emmanuel the god with us and in john 6 38 jesus actually said these words he says for i have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me here's the important one to think of when we go back into galatians god sent jesus there was an appointed time That he was sent. God chose to send his son to this world. So I want to read that again in Galatians chapter 4. And there's a powerful phrase for us to think about right at the beginning. And in verse 4 it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. The first one is the fullness of time which if you look it up in the original language, was at the right time. Jesus was born at the right time. Now, if we were planning it or thinking of it, we would think this would be the right time. He would have access to different ways of travel. He would have an internet for different ways to communicate. But to God, it was at the right time, at that time in history. If you look a little bit more, it was a time of uh, the Jewish people were under Roman occupation. But the Romans had built roads. And why that's important is eventually when the gospel gets preached or when people are traveling, they're using the roads that the Romans built so that the gospel could get out. But to God, this was the exact time or as we read at the right time he sent his son. You know, and I believe this over all of us and the promises that God has given us. There is a right time over our lives There's a right moment over our lives and we always say God today has to be the right time But he's the one that orchestrates the right time in our life And that's where our faith and our patience and our trust and our hope is always rooted in him so Imagine God looking at Jesus in heaven and saying, it's the right time. And now he's going to be born under the law. He's going to have to fulfill and be blameless in all aspects of the law. He will not sin, or that would have ruined the entire plan. But it was that exact time, and Paul writes about it, that it was the time to leave heaven and it was the time to come to earth and where he would be born would be born in a dirty animal stable or pen, and he would be placed in, most likely, a stone feeding trough. Now, I don't think anybody here were born in a, an animal stable? Anybody placed in a feeding trough? No, we were probably all born at McDonald's. Not McDonald's. We were all born in a hospital, placed somewhere, sent home to wherever we lived, sterilized wrapped up you know checklists uh, of exactly what to do but we read this in luke chapter 2 which is interesting in fact i wrote this question and it's at the end of our notes is and i I thought about this why does the census in luke chapter 2 what does it tell us about god's timing and his control of world events God could have spoke to Joseph in the dream and said, take Mary, your wife, and um, in the days leading up to her birth, you need to make sure he's born in Bethlehem. Could have easily done that. That wasn't the plan. The plan was the movement that was going to take place because there was a census. The plan was then that Joseph, because of the census, would have to go to Bethlehem, and in those days, uh, Mary was prepared. So think about that. Many times we forget that God is controlling things. So a lot of things going on we hate, we don't like, we don't agree with, any of that. But God is controlling certain things just like he did this. And our, our part is to lift up our heads and look up on high. That he is controlling and maneuvering. But the important thing over us is there is a fulfillment of time. Well, when we read this, we read that when her days were to be completed... She brought forth a son, and the only place for him to be born was going to be in this manger. In fact, if if you look it up there, we don't really know exactly uh, the place in Bethlehem he was born. Um, Though we read there was no room in the inn, how could somebody turn away a pregnant lady getting ready to deliver? Wouldn't you give up your bed? Or wouldn't you find a place indoors? that you would uh, recommend the best place for them to go to. Sorry, we don't have room. Oh, I do have one option. You can go in uh, the feeding pen with the animals. Who would say that? Who would even, like, offer that? You know, many times when we read the Scripture, uh, off of an inn or off of somebody that had extra rooms was a place so that animals could be stored. Maybe there were others traveling that had a donkey. Many of the Bible reports believe that uh, he was born in some shallow cave or something. We don't think it was a long time that Jesus uh, lived here as a a little one. But needless to say, the only place available for Jesus was in some type of cave or, or animal feeding place. Could his birthplace have been a truer picture of the world that he was coming into to serve, and to save. Dark, smelly, dirty, loud. He would be born in a borrowed right, animal pen, but he would also raise from the dead from a borrowed grave. Well, I want to cross uh, contrast that with something to kind of give us a, a, a picture, and I, I believe it does adjust our, our worship and our thinking to God. Let's think about Solomon David's son. Uh, David and Bathsheba had a son. His name was Solomon. Solomon now grows up in the king's palace. He eats at the king's table. Uh, he's one of the king's kids. in fact, he's the one that's going to take over and build the temple for God. We read this in 1 Kings chapter 10 verse 7. It's going to give uh, uh, chapter four, verse seven. It's going to give us a, a picture of all of uh, what Solomon had built, What a difference of how Jesus came. 1 Kings 10, verse 4 through 7, it says this. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, Notice what it says that this queen said. There was no more spirit in her. She was out of breath. She was amazed. She had heard the stories, but she'll mention in a minute, it wasn't even half of what she was an eyewitness to. She said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes, and indeed the half was not told, your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame which I heard. You know, the Bible goes on and it talks about Solomon had apes in his palace, peacocks. The silver became so much that they found a place that they could, like, dump the silver. Solomon, born into a king's palace... Where was Jesus born? Into this manger in the stable. What a difference, right? What a difference. So Jesus leaves heaven. In fact, it's interesting, we read a few verses uh, about heaven, and we don't really get a great picture in the Bible of everything about heaven. We do have a verse, though, that I believe gives us uh, really a good image for us to think about. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, the Apostle Paul writes this, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. Where well, the Apostle Paul goes on a little bit, you can read some of this later in 2 Corinthians 12, The Apostle Paul talks about how he was caught up into what he called the third heaven. And he says this in verse 14, that he heard inexpressible words, which is not lawful for man to utter. So Paul experiences that part of heaven. hears something that he says, I'm not able to even say or speak what it is, nor is it If I understood it, would it be even lawful for me to explain? Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. You know, we read a little bit about heaven in Revelation 21.4, that part of heaven, the benefit of heaven, is God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There'll be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. I always like to remember that one verse. It's the no mores. Right? The no mores. And then we read, uh, John writes again in Revelation 21, verse 22 and 23, But I saw no temple in it. No temple in heaven. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Think about that. The city has no need for the sun or of the moon to shine in it, For the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. We get these glimpses of heaven. But I think it's like it says in 1 Corinthians 2 at the end the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Jesus, it's the fullness of time. You're going to be born, you're not going to be born in a palace. There's not going to be pomp and circumstance, there's not a parade, there's not an invite that's sent out, you're going to be born. And here's what I always thought was interesting, we don't read prophetically uh, that those angels that go to the shepherds, we don't really read anything prophetically that says, oh and on that day angels are going to come, a multitude and they're going to sing and they're going to shout to the shepherds and the shepherds are going to run and they're going to go find them, we don't read that it's almost like this expression from the angels of we have to celebrate that Jesus was born on earth to save mankind. We do read some instances of the wise men because evidently on that day or so, there's now a star and they know to pack up and they need to know they can start heading that direction. And we read about Jesus when the wise men or the magi do come They're in a house. It's probably, he's just uh, around two years of age. And the reason that we know that is that's who Herod has killed, the boys that are under two. So the fanfare for Jesus is angels telling shepherds and a star that supposedly only alerts the wise men. Meanwhile, the Pharisees and the scribes that knew the scriptures, taught the scriptures, recited the scriptures, uh, wasn't on their radar at all. Jesus, not born like Solomon, came out of heaven and all that, so that he could be born in the lowest of lowest places. It would be like us saying today, you know, I was born right out here on forest and the gutter. Really? Yeah, that'd be the lowest of low. You couldn't go any lower, and that's Jesus, our King. So think about that. Jesus, the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, is born in a nighttime shelter of animals, laid in a feeding trough like a bassinet, clothed in wrapping clothes. And we would, the swaddling clothes, we would do this with our kids. We wrap them all up really tight. You know, they're all in and we're like, hey, I just made a little burrito. That's how I always looked at it, right? Got them all wrapped up so tight they can't even, they can't move. And they were comfortable because they were wrapped up. He was wrapped up in swaddling clothes. No little new beanie, no onesie, no custom-made blanket. There's no new car seat to transport him, no room set up. But he was born, and the only thing that he had then was those swaddling clothes on him. And he did it for me. And he did it for you. He would empty himself of all reputation. He didn't make anybody celebrate him. He didn't tell them to um, go out and cut down the branches. They did it. It was a prophetic thing, but they, they did it anyways to worship him, who they thought was going to be the Messiah that day, and take over the Roman occupation, but he humbled himself. Romans 5.19, there's an interesting Way that Paul captures this and he, he uses this example, he says, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Who's the one man's disobedience? Who is that person? All right, we got Adam and Eve. By one man's disobedience, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Right? Many will will be made righteous. I believe those angels couldn't contain themselves when they knew that he was born. The shepherds had to run to see this newborn king and to tell the others out there as well too. You know, I, think, I believe I usually tell this story sometime in the Christmas season, but I was taking a college class and they uh, asked us to do this test if we had young children. And at the time, my daughter, we were living in La Mirada. Madison was probably four or five, maybe six years old. So here was the, the questions that I was going to ask her. So picture yourself like a five or six year old. And so here was the question. I said, honey, on Christmas morning, we had uh, this long stairway in this house that we were in. You're going to come down the stairs and you're going to look over and you're going to see the Christmas tree. And halfway up the Christmas tree." Our presents, and every present says Madison on it. She's like, really? I'm like, no, 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 I'm just telling you a story, right? She's telling you a story. Now hold that thought, right? You're coming down the stairs. There's the Christmas tree. All the gifts are halfway up the Christmas tree. They're all for you. Okay, here's the other part of the story. You're going to come down the stairs on Christmas. You're going to look over at the Christmas tree. There's not one gift under the tree. But your dad, me, I'm sitting right at the couch next to the tree. So what would you choose? Five or six-year-old. It didn't take her a second. We'll ship you something. (laughs) That meant she was fine with me being gone. Oh, dad would not be there, right? That was the first part. Dad would not be there. We'll ship you something. So the analogy of the story is uh, when we celebrate Christmas, is it about presents, what we get, or is it about the very presence of God and Jesus in our life? I always think of this, I ask my family, what did you get last year for Christmas? You know, they don't know, they don't remember. But you know, many times we remember what we gave, don't we? Oh, remember I gave you that, or I got you this, or I was thinking of you and I got that. Christmas isn't about what we get. Christmas is about what we've been given. We've been given Jesus, we've been given his presence in our life. Bow your heads if you would with me. You know, there's a, a Christmas song by Chris Tomlin, and I wanted to read just a couple of these lines. Our worship team's going to come up. Uh, and it's, the song is entitled The King Like This. A couple of the lines, and it says this A king like this, majesty laying in a manger. A king like this. Unto us is born a Savior. So Father, we pray today that we remember that this season that we celebrate, it's all about what Jesus did. It's all about what he gave up for us. Lord, I pray that the Spirit of God touches all of our hearts And Father, that we would remember those words that you sent Jesus out in the fullness of time at the exact right time. Lord, I pray over all of us in the season of life that we're in, you know the things that we're facing, you know the things that we're believing you for. And Father, I thank you that your word is what brings comfort, but you have for each and every one of us a fullness of time. It's on your heart. And we receive that today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Stand with me. We're going to close with this Christmas song. I just think if you're visiting today for a first time, you come and you look at all what these people are wearing. You're kind of wondering, what kind of church uh, is this? Bow your head if we, you would with me. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or maybe this is a, a time and a season of you coming back to him. It is the most important prayer you'll ever pray and is the most important decision, your first step in decision. And let's all pray this together, but if if that's you today, would you pray it from your heart? Believe it from your heart to your Father God. Pray this with me, everybody. Lord Jesus, Jesus. forgive me for my sins. sins. I I open the door of my heart and I choose to make you The Lord of my life, life. fill me with your Holy Spirit, Spirit. in Jesus' name. name. And Lord, we pray today, uh, Father, I know many who have not been physically well. We pray even right now for your healing in Jesus' name over our bodies. Lord, for bodies that just need strength and life, we pray that today, Lord, that there is health and wholeness as we pray. We walk in it today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. So uh, if you need prayer, in fact, Frank and Cindy, you're going to come up. Uh, Linus and Maureen, if you need prayer today, if you prayed and asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, or this is a day that you've returned to him, we want you to come up and tell somebody as well too. And remember our food ministry outreach set up Friday, serving the community on this Saturday. Bring your kids and have them come out and serve. Uh, but we want to make sure that we pray for you today as well. So before you go, find somebody around you. Tell them you were glad to see them. And remember, we'll be back next Sunday, the 24th. The Lord bless you. Have a great day.